Hey, this is John Lee Dumas of Entrepreneur on Fire. Jeff, could you maybe laugh just a little bit less? Come on, man. Are you ready to thoughtfully steer away from your revved up, frenzied, and far too often scripted life? Then welcome to Vroom Vroom Veer with Jeff Smith, where he guides you down the road differently traveled by sharing unique experiences with guests who have managed to shift away from a life stuck on cruise control and veered their way into a more authentic and fulfilling one in all sorts of interesting and kind of remarkable ways. Get ready to Vroom Vroom Veer with your differently traveled road chauffeur, Jeff Smith. Thank you so much for being on Vroom Vroom Veer and welcome to the show. Thanks, Jeff. I'm excited to be here. Yeah. So you are a pretty amazing person already. So let's just jump into this right away. So you've got a couple of things going on now. You've actually more than a couple, but um, let's see. You've got proofreadanywhere.com, right? And that's, we'll get into the, the nuts and bolts about what that's about mostly. You've got the work anywhere life. Dot com. You know, correct me if I screw any of these up. Uh, transcribeanywhere.com. Do, did I miss anything? That's it. <laughs> you got them. I got them all and I didn't mess them up. Woo. All right. So uh, mostly now you are selling these courses to teach people how to be uh, proofreaders for court recorders. Right. Court, rep- court reporters. Court yeah. reporters. Okay. I almost got that all right, <laughs> which is so niche. It's crazy. And I love it. Uh, but before we, uh, before we get too deep into that, let's jump back into the time machine and talk about where you grew up. What were you like in high school? So you grew up in Orlando, right? Yeah, I grew up in Orlando. Um, pretty much lived in Orlando since I was a year old. It was East Orlando, then it was a little further East Orlando, pretty much middle of nowhere, almost into the next county, uh, okay. Orlando, um, where we were like the only house on the street for several years. And then we lived, yeah, a long way from everywhere, like seven miles to the grocery store type thing. And it was just not conducive to, you know, kids being able to go to, you know, each other's houses because, you know, all my friends lived further in town. So, wow. um, okay. yeah. So I had to drive like 18 miles to high school when I got when I got a car. But I'm not complaining because I had a car. But I was a huge nerd in high school. Um, huge I, nerd. All right. Yeah, I founded. Uh, I was uh, I was a member of the German club. So that was my minor in college once I got there, and I ended up learning to speak it fluently after after high school. But I was German club president for two years, vice president for one year. And it was just kind of my kind of my thing. I started the physics freaks study group for my uh, advanced physics class. Wow, and you were a super nerd. Physics and yes. German. All right. <laughs> uh, I actually hated physics, but um, I ended okay. up being. Um, there was a few valedictorians from my high school graduating class because my principal believed anybody who made it through all four years without making anything lower than an A should be valedictorian, which I think is kind of fair, I guess. Um, so I was one of them. And the reason why I started the physics club was because I didn't want to get a B. And so I'm like, I cannot fail this. Like to me getting (laughs) any lower than A, it was like, I didn't know what I was doing. So like I had to be able to measure my understanding. If I didn't get an A, I didn't understand the subject. And so that bothered me. And so I started a study group so I could make sure I got an A on the test. And so I did. (laughs) Yeah, total nerd. And, you know, people would ask me, 
I really wasn't part of the in crowd. I didn't really envy the cheerleaders, but you know, they didn't really want to be friends with me. The people who were in the popular crowd right. and, you know, wore, wore the Abercrombie clothes. I wore my German club t-shirt and, you know, I was cute and stuff. I wasn't like, you know, the awkward person, but I was just a little nerdy and just didn't go to the same middle school as all the popular girls. And so I just wasn't even part of that crowd. Wasn't really sporty, but I was really smart and yeah. You were the so. smart chick then. Yeah, and that's a whole niche. In and, yeah, in and of itself, in high school, yeah, the smart girl, is. yeah, and it's not necessarily the Dungeons and Dragons nerds, right? Right. Well, the funny, funny part, uh, like three of the people that I went to high school with that I kind of lost touch with, they actually have purchased one of my courses, okay, and then. Whoa. That's cool. And then the, the prom queen, who really never really talked to me. We knew of each other, but she never talked to me. She was the prom queen. She was in the popular crowd, you know, rich parents. I don't know. She's now a high school teacher someplace in Florida, and she wants to get out. So she last year was messaging me about my course, and, you know, she never ended up buying as far as I know. But um, it was kind of funny to have the prom queen, like, talking to <laughs> one of the biggest nerds in school. Well, uh, you know. She- uh, for high school job. She was probably <laughs> thinking about hiring you as a tutor back then. Yeah, maybe. maybe. <laughs> did you do any tutoring? I did, but not until I got into college. Oh, I actually okay. tutored, tutored people in German, and I t- tutored some um, Danish kids in German and in English. So I was wow. really a, la- a language nerd. I always loved words. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I took Spanish in high school, and then I, I learned enough Japanese when I was in the Air Force in Japan uh, to like get slapped in bars. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. But it did lead me to know how to say, do you want to dance in Japanese? And then uh, that worked to, uh, to, get my, to get my wife to say yes. And then we, oh. we ended up getting married. That's right. Oh, that's A little wonderful. slice of me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was kind of a language geek too. Okay, yeah. so let's, not, enough about me. I always do that. Sorry, enough about me. So what did you <laughs> study when you went to college? I studied interpersonal and organizational communication. That was my major. And I took a year off to actually go and live in Germany because that was my minor. And I didn't get any credit for it, but I took some translation courses and just kind of lived in Germany and traveled. I visited 12 other countries while I was there. And, oh, you know, that's dated, awesome. dated the quintessential, quintessential uh German guy. He was actually Russian. And then he went to Spain to study abroad. So I went to Spain a lot while I was there. It was kind of a convoluted story, but I ended up learning German fluently. And uh, now I'm in South America. That's how it rolls. (laughs) So so where did you all go? How many how many countries did you hit? Uh, 13 in total. Let's see. I didn't actually go to Switzerland, but Germany, Austria, Liechtenstein, Belgium, um, Holland or the Netherlands, uh, Sweden. Uh England, Morocco, Spain, um, wow. France. You really uh, got around. Yeah, a lot. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's cheap to fly when you're over there. Yeah, you're the yeah. I, I was there, and yeah. let's see, when was I there? I was there from, I was in England from 2000 to 2003. Yeah, and we always used Ryanair. Yep. And they had so those, sh- yeah, yeah, yeah. Ryanair and JetBlue, not JetBlue. What was that other one, the orange one? EasyJet. Easy jet, yeah. Easy jet, yeah. So yeah, we went to like Rome. We hit all the the, the super touristy spots. Yeah, yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You have to when you're over of there. Of course, have- Amsterdam. You know, uh, the one thing I remember about Amsterdam is getting there. I wanted to see the blue light district, and when I saw the blue light district, I was really sad. <laughs> I mean- 
The blue light or the, the red bl- light? The red light. The red light district. Red light. My oh, bad. yeah, yeah, yeah. Wasn't it is, did you uh, go? Yeah. It, yeah. yeah. I wanted to just see what it was, you know, and because you hear stories about, oh, yeah, prostitution's, uh, prostitution is legal. You know, they've got them women like standing in, 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 you know, what, like their apartment in the window and you can go and pick one. And, and it sounded like a big party. Yeah. <laughs> from the but stories you get there and it's just no it's just sad yeah yeah it, it was sad okay sorry downer okay <laughs> moving on <laughs> okay so you graduate college and what was next what did you do next about three months before I graduated college it was about sub- September 2009 I started working at a court reporting office in Orlando and they're not there anymore uh, the particular one I was working at but um, that's where I got started in court reporting and learned how to proofread right and got Which my you first client already and, pretty good at right uh, oh yeah but just the specifics right. of the actual uh, the transcripts doing, right 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 because yeah. it's super super like technical. Yeah, <laughs> a lot more than just proofreading a term paper or a book or something like that. Right, right. And it's, they're very specific about what they want you to do. Yeah. Well, yeah, okay. So, so you, I worked there. Mm-hmm. You learned how to do that. Yeah, for about a year and a half, and then I got fired. Um, and I deserved getting fired. I broke the rules. Not that the rules were actually worth following, but the rule was if you finished what you were working on, uh, you had to go get somebody else's work. And this particular company hired, you know, kids barely out of college like me, paid them $12 to $14 an hour. I was actually a manager by the time I got fired. I had moved up from receptionist to marketing manager, but that's what I think I was just a name. That's not really what I was. They paid me 16 whopping dollars an hour. Yeah. As a management role, and I had three people that I had to manage under me, and you know, without really any training, like I didn't know how to manage people. I had no idea. You know, I was just out of college, and um, you know, started as a receptionist, and it was just kind of like a throw you in the fire type place. But their rule was, if you finish your work, you're supposed to go get somebody else's work. Which people catch on to that when they realize that you can work as slowly as you want, and who cares? Somebody else will come get your work. It doesn't matter. I'm going to get paid anyway. Wow. Um, they'll work okay. as slow. They'll work as slow as they want to. And so sure. I, I just wanted to buck that system. I was like, I'm not going to do that. And so I would finish all of my work at lightning fast speed, and then I would kind of do my own thing. I was a fast worker. I'm like, I don't want to spend all day on this stuff. Like, I'm just going to get it done. And people were happy with how quickly I was working. That was the funny part. Was like, I worked so, so fast. And they gave me like a stellar performance review just like a week or two before I got fired because they're like, you get so much done. You know, it would take us a week to get what you get done in a day. Well, it turns out I was only taking about two hours to do that amount of work because I was just really fast and I knew what I was doing and I didn't mess around. So I just was motivated and I got it done. But then I'm like, you know what? I already knew I wanted to get out of that place. And so I would research like where I was going to go to school. I wanted to go to personal training school and I wanted to do this and you know, just try to strike it out on my own. So I was already planning that. I put in my notice. Well, about a month or month and a half before, you know, my notice was actually going to be there. I gave generous notice. Um, I'm not really Uh sure why, but Uh uh, they brought me into a conference room. There was three of them, one of them who had just gotten hired like two or three months prior, and I had actually trained her. Mm -hmm. Uh, They sat me down and they gave me this stack of paper which was probably about three or four inches thick of, of screenshots that they printed out from their uh, software. It's called Spectre or something where they actually track your internet activity. Okay. And they had literally printed out like this, like a whole ream of paper, 500 sheets at least, 
of all of my internet activity. And they just shoved it over to me and they had the screenshots flashing on a, on a television screen in the conference room. Like, I don't know. It was like really cryptic. I was like, what is this? And then my boss gave me this like stack of printout from the internet that she had printed out um, Bible verses and uh, verses from the Quran, verses from the Torah. She was a Christian. Actually, she's Catholic, but she thought that these were all Bible verses. And then okay. I was like, this is, the, this is from the Quran. <laughs> and <laughs> Whatever, but that's wow. a side story. She was like trying to be all Christian. And I'm like, you just printed out stuff from like and they're killing trees, right? And yeah. you're killing so many trees. And she right. was like trying to say that I was stealing from her, that I was like a thief, and that I was trash, that I was garbage, that I would never amount to anything, that I was a whitewashed tomb. She was using you know Christianese in that regard, and that wow. you know one of them told me that I should never have children because I had no morals and you gotta think you know I didn't tell you their ages but one of them is literally as old as my mom like the same age as my mom and like wow. maybe six months older than my mom and the other ones were like in their 40s like early 40s so they're all old enough to be my mom essentially if they right. wanted to be right right you know age but and they're just taking turns like just sp spouting these insults back and forth back and forth and for like, I don't know, probably 20 minutes while I was signing the termination paperwork and all this stuff going on. And then I go home. Oh, yeah. And then she actually, um, the, the uh, manager, I'm going to try not to say her name because you have to bleep that well, it's out. It's either Randy, Candy, or Mandy. Yes. <laughs> uh, the, the fake name. Those are, those are the names I give them. Yeah, right. Randy, Kenny, Mandy. Well, Randy, she forced me. She, I didn't know any better. I was dumb. You know, I was really, I made poor decisions. So I don't say that I got fired and that I didn't deserve it. I totally did. Just not the way they did it. Um, well, you she, know, if they wanted to terminate you, they didn't have to be so ugly about it. Exactly, exactly. Just get me out of there and whatever. But she said, you know, I didn't know any better. So she said, you know, you stole from me. You, you need to write me a check. And I'm like, what, what I didn't know. Was, any better. What were the grounds? I, I, that, I read that and it didn't make any sense. Are they just saying, how did they, they said, they said it was theft. What was theft? That I was stealing time from them. <laughs> but I'm like, I gave you so much more output than everybody else. That doesn't make any sense. Wow. But in their, in their world, wow. they're... Okay, so they're basically, if you come in and do... You're required, because you're fast, to do right. three times as work or eight times as much work as everybody else because they're all lollyganging and going really slow. Yeah, and they told me that before, too. They're like, not everybody's as fast as you. And I'm like, yeah, because they know that if they're fast, you're going to give them more shit to do, you know? And right. I, wasn't, I wasn't into that. I never said that to them, but that was in my mind. I'm like, I am not going to bow down to the system. I think it's stupid. Yeah. I thought that I should be able to go home if I got done, my, done with my work. I didn't need the money really even at that point because we were living quite frugally. Uh -huh. um, and, you know, and I could have... you had already decided to quit. Yeah, I already decided. you put decided in your notice to... To self-terminate, and then they terminated you. Yeah. Before your notice. Yeah. <laughs> what would, see, so that's just silly. Because yeah. th then they're going to have to pay you unemployment. Yeah, well, they would have denied me or oh, whatever. Because, because they were going to say that you were uh, terminated. terminated for cause. Yeah. Which is stupid. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but I didn't need goodness. their money. Like anyway, well, but she no, told me I get to write it. her a check and yeah. I wrote her a check because I didn't know any better because they're like, wow. I could, she was like, I could sue you, blah, blah, blah. Well, it turns out all this mess and stuff that she did afterwards, I could have sued her for it. Right. And I never did because I just wanted to be done with it. And I, yeah. you know, I got my best revenge in the end anyway. By, right. by succeeding. You know, 
am I succeeding? Like way more than I could have if I'd stayed that place, you know? And the irony of all of it is that the woman who was saying all those things, the woman who forced me to write the check, the woman who was just the most messed up out of all of them, uh, literally and figuratively, you know, messed up in the head and then messed up in the face because she's gotten a ton of Botox and stuff done yeah. to her, her face. Yeah. She, um, she taught me how to proofread. She gave me my very first transcript. And so if it weren't for her, thank you, Randy. Um, I never would have, <laughs> never would have made myself a millionaire oh, in, with see. five years of getting fired. So, wow. That's yeah. Amazing. So I've, I've been meaning to write her. Thank you. No, one of the singing ones that, you know, say, thank you very much. You know, you made me who I am today, you know, but I, I haven't done it. I didn't think she'd like it very much. <laughs> uh, you know, you'd have to, you might need some more distance. Now, wait a minute. Is your intention to rub it in her face or is her, is your intention to be authentically, genuinely thanking her? Probably a little, or bit, a little of bit of both. <laughs> <laughs> if I'm really being honest, yeah, you know, I'm very yeah. human. Regard, there you go. Good for you. <laughs> so you pay them all. You paid them money. That's yeah. crazy. I did two thousand dollars, and wow. I just wanted to be done with it. You know, I mean, she says in, that I stole ten thousand dollars or more from her in the time that I had stolen, quote unquote, whatever. And she said I, that she could sue me, which isn't even legal, and the rules are just made up and. And yeah, but I just like, whatever, you know, I'm just going to be done with it. But then she, she sent emails afterwards. I actually felt pretty bad about it. I'm like, cause I thought, well, maybe she's right. Maybe I am a shithead, you know, and maybe I'm never about <laughs> nothing. You always and do so, believe it, right? You believe yeah. negative stuff more than you accept compliments and praise. You so all, we all, humans almost always blow off compliments and praise, you know, cause we're always our yeah. own worst critic. Yeah. So whenever we get praised, we always just like throw it away. It's like, you don't know what's going on inside my head. Okay, yeah, I fooled you. <laughs> yeah. But right? Yeah. You know? So I actually apologize. I sent an sure. email and I apologize and I'm like, you know, I, I should have just quit. I shouldn't have just because I it was lying, you know, with the way I was spending my time. Like they had no idea and I wasn't truthful about it. And so I deserved to get fired. I definitely lied and omitted I didn't maybe I didn't lie, but I omitted important information. Right. from them and broke the rules even though the rules were stupid but right. I still broke their rules sure and but a lot of the reason why I did it was like I was just too afraid to quit they really liked me they really liked my work I had done a lot of cool stuff there I redid their website I did you know a lot of good stuff there and I knew they really liked me so I didn't want to disappoint them by leaving and no, everybody teaches you how to get a job and nobody teaches you how to quit one so right. I had really it taken a lot of gumption to put in my notice and so I felt pretty good by putting in my notice but anyway it all hit the fan but then she responds to my email with more stuff like I still have the emails where she just went off the handle like pages of stuff about how I'm horrible that he she feels sorry for my husband whom I'd got, just gotten married to three months prior four months prior and wow. she she tried to copy him. <laughs> she didn't even know what the email does, but she just put Ben at gmail.com. <laughs> and she's like, I'm copying your husband on this email because I want that him must to be know. Him, huh? <laughs> she's like, I just want him to know like oh, wow. I want him I want him to know what a horrible person you are, the horrible person that he married and all this stuff. It was like the most ridiculous stuff in the world. And obviously I'm reading this and my heart's pounding because I'm just this dumb 24-year-old who just feels like she's ruined her life by the decisions that she's made. And this like 60-year-old woman who thinks she's God in an Escalade 
is writing this junk to me and I think her daughter was even my age that was the bizarre thing and it's like how do you even think and she's telling me that I'm a whitewashed tomb and that God will never forgive me and all this stuff and I write back and I quote her bible verse so I'm like actually if you believe in God God says this you're wrong bye you know what I mean like, <laughs> good it for was you just yeah so what it was to just turn like, the other cheek yeah and love your was, enemy she was just so wow yeah you know, I've heard of those people, but I've never really, I've, I've run into people in my life that, you know, I just kind of go, nah, I don't really like that person, but it's not like I hate them or, you know, it's just, I, I don't, I don't like hanging out with them. You know, they're not my cup of tea. That's yeah. about as, as much hate you're going to get out of me. Like, meh, I'd re- I'm going to be nice to you. I'm going to, you know, be cordial. I'm going to say nice things. But I'm not going to, I don't know where these people come from. They must have been a, a had a rough childhood or something. I, have you met a lot of these people like this since? No, I okay. really, yeah, she was like the worst person I've ever met. And her true colors yeah. came out, you know. I mean, I she was not really in the office a lot. She worked from home and on the road a lot. But um, when she did come in the office, she was just really, you know, always done up, fresh Botox in her lips or whatever. And yeah. She seemed really distant. Um, we had had some good conversations, and she seemed like a nice person. But when money in her mind, like she was obviously very like had the boutique clothes on, drove the big black Escalade, and you know was really hung up on her appearance, and you could tell. Um, and so yeah. I think it was, it was really surface level what I what I was experiencing. And so she took it very personally when when money in her mind came into the in the picture. I'm like, well, if you'd pay me more than beans and take and stop taking all the credit for my work, like, you know, like I would do all this stuff for her and she, she would get all the credit for it. It was annoying. And then you were, you were going to quit and you told them that you were going to go to personal trainer school. Right. And didn't you get ugly about that too? Yeah. Yeah. She told me that my butt was too big to become a personal trainer. (laughs) (laughs) Well, hello. If you got a big butt, that's that's a very popular feature nowadays. It is. I don't know if, yeah. it, if she must have missed the memo, but um, yeah, you know. And even if you wanted to make it smaller, which you don't have to, right? Uh, who no. cares? You know, it's exactly. not it's not required. Yeah. Bodies and I did become a personal trainer, and I was good. I taught the best spinning classes. I taught at Tupperware headquarters. If you know what Tupperware is, the headquarters are in Orlando. Tupperware and I taught, headquarters? You mean the, uh, the 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 stuff you the storage stuff? Yeah, oh, yeah. Okay. Their world headquarters are in Orlando, Florida, and they have a fitness center for their employees there. And so I ended up teaching spinning classes, indoor cycling classes there for two years, and I taught some great spinning classes. So I became an excellent personal trainer, and I was a trainer for three years. Yeah. Yeah, and then I uh, I did proofreading on the side um, while I was doing training, and I actually thought that proofreading would be kind of supplemental to training, that my dream job was to become a trainer and all this, and it turns out that driving to a fitness center several times a week at the same time every week in rush hour traffic is just not my cup of tea, and I didn't like being, you know, exchanging time. You are on the road a lot too, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you are on the road and stuff, whereas when I was proofreading, which I thought was going to be supplemental, I only needed my iPad and really access to the internet and I could do it anywhere. So I ended up doing it on the couch, you know, out on the porch, by the pool, you know, wherever there was a quiet place and I could, you know, download some work and just go to town on on the transcripts and make some money. And usually it would end up being more per hour than what I would get paid as a, as a trainer. So 
I found out that I like doing that more. And You're so like, what the I, hell am I doing going to this gym? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I eventually pulled back from that and April of, um, gosh, 2015, I guess it was last year. Yeah. Um, was my last class as a trainer. So I've not been doing that for about a year and a half now, but yeah. <laughs> I, I went through the same thing. I went to massage school and I did it for about a year and a half and I don't know when it officially became a thing for me, but, um, oh, I kind of do. It wasn't even on purpose, but I was already kind of pulling away from doing massage just because mm. I didn't really like doing it in a, in a spa. And, mm. um, and then I had this opportunity. One of my, uh, massage school instructors sent me an email and said, Hey, I got this really cool thing. It's volunteer, but it could lead to a job. And I was like, what is it? What is it? What is it? Right. And she's like, it's, it's, it's a volunteer thing, but it might lead to a job. It's with the UCLA football team. Oh, that's what I said. I was like, wow, that's big time. Right. So I went and did it one day, uh, and it was supposed to keep going. Right. But I was also at the same time launching a different podcast, my first podcast, so I was like really busy and I was already doing like uh, I was a Lyft driver to keep my wife happy. I was, you know, punching out all these interviews for the podcast and just exhausted, you know. And so this one more thing was like, no. So I went in and I did it and I was like, OK, I kind of like this, but there was too much of the, um, the I would uh, I would be like serving the team and not the individual player. And I thought that was a little too weird for me where I couldn't, you know, be totally honest about the person's issue. Um, if mm. the team told me that, you know, you know, I had mm-hmm. to, you know, and I didn't want to be a, sort of like a team robot. So I was just like, nah, I don't want that job. <laughs> and well, they, really, they really took offense to that too. Oh, yeah. Well, they made me that. say it twice. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway. You don't need that crap. Well, you know, it's just not for me. You know, it's yeah. just not, you know, I, I'm, I'm sure it's going to be a great job if they hired people. You know, that would be an amazing job. But it's just not a good fit for me. Just kind of like for you and, and as a personal trainer, it's just not a good fit. Yeah, it just wasn't a good fit. I mean, it was okay and I enjoyed it while I was doing it when I liked the people that I met in the classes and things like that. But I just didn't enjoy the anticipation of, you know, every Tuesday night I have to teach for four hours and I never got to do anything else other than that on a Tuesday night. Yeah, <sighs> so you, you it was, did it was four, exhausting. like spinning classes? And then- I taught two spinning classes back to back and yeah. then I taught another class at a community center for seniors. It was kind of like a, you know, boot camp light type course, but with commuting it was like four hours of my time every Tuesday night. It was just exhausting. I leave at four o'clock and I get home at like eight or eight thirty. So actually mm. four and a half hours of my time. So mm. a lot of time. Yeah. And very little money. Yeah. Really not that much money for really that. Not, time, yeah. You know? That's the thing, you know, that was uh massage was like that too. It was like, it was like brutally tough on your body and you know, I'm old. So, um, and then they don't, they, they don't hard, hardly pay you anything. So it's like, it just yeah. wasn't worth it. Okay. It seems like it's such a glamorous job, doesn't it? Like everybody thinks, oh, you're a trainer. Oh, well, you're a massage therapist. Yeah, but it's the really not that glamorous. therapist is, I mean, the, the actual doing the thing can be an amazingly meditative and beautiful thing. You know, yeah. where you're connecting with somebody that, you know, they're enjoying their massage and you're enjoying giving it. 
that's awesome. I mean, you're spending yeah. an hour not saying anybody saying any words and communicating with somebody for an hour with pretty music, you know, in the background. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty amazing to get paid to do that. Um, yeah. It's just the, the economics don't work out. But yeah. doing the thing is fun. Good. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so now, now we get into the meat and potatoes. So you find out that you can do this thing and you start doing your, how do we want to say this? You're doing your... Transcript proofreading. There you go. <laughs> Transcript proofreading <laughs> full time. But how, how did that work out? Did, did you just like, you were already doing it in a side business. How did it trans, transfer into full time work? Very slowly. It definitely wasn't immediate. And I always joke that I accidentally became a proofreader because I didn't think, I didn't even know you could do it for a full-time income. I always thought that it would be a side gig for me. But one of my two clients that I had for about a year um, consistently after I got fired, she told me one day that she's working for a new agency and they won't let her use her regular proofreader that she has to use one of their proofreaders. And so instead of just, you know, putting my tail between my legs and walking away, I actually had the notion to ask her, I was like, well, how do I become one of their proofreaders? And so she gave me the name of somebody to email and I emailed and I said, I'd like to audition or try out or whatever it is that they do to bring on new people. Okay. And that's kind of how it happened is I got on with her agency and they're a nationwide firm, but I was working mostly with the people in Florida and I just took on some clients from them and got referrals and it just kind of snowballed. And by probably about two and a half months after I started doing contract work for them, I had probably between three and a half to $5,000 a month in income. And that was really only working part time. I worked between 25 and 30 hours a week maximum. Um, every now and then I'd hit closer to 40, but that was not very often. And I didn't really like it when that happened. And that was more when I hit the over $5,500 um, $5, mark. Um, but that didn't happen that often. It was just too much work to get up to that you point. You were saying but yes too much at that point. Yeah, I was. And yeah. so I had to start saying no a little bit more. But it would usually ebb and flow naturally. So I didn't find myself having to say no all that much. And I did I did proofreading for about two and a half years as my solid income um, and training was on the side. So I would have, you know, kind of two jobs and I worked for myself. Um, but yeah, and eventually I just decided that I didn't want to do personal training anymore. And my husband had gotten, gotten into an entrepreneurship program for himself and started, you know, teaching me and I was learning by osmosis and just watching some videos of him here and there. And he said, you should write an ebook about how you proofread transcripts. And I was like, ah, oh, nobody wants to learn that, you know? And <laughs> but he kept saying it every now and then I'm like, you know what, maybe I should blog about it and maybe right. I will write a book about it. And so I did. And I wrote a, a book and it was about 30 pages and it was horrible. It was the worst book that you've ever seen. And yeah. I still have it. I wrote I like one to of those. Look at it. I, I wrote yeah. one. Yeah. You know, everybody know. That, that, that starts uh, doing this thing, you know, they go, well, you have to have a free giveaway. So write a thing. And, 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 but they say, don't spend too much time on it. You know, just make it just useful enough. You know, it's almost like it's free. So it can't, you don't want to waste too much time on it. Right. Right, yeah. Or spend too much uh, time on it. I'm sure yeah, yours was better than most. Yeah, because it wasn't free. Um, okay, but it was good. still, in, in comparison to what it, it is now, which is a full-fledged, you know, very extensive online course, it was crap. So I look back <laughs> on it, I look back on it, and I'm like, oh my gosh. But I did sell about 16 or 17 copies of that 
book. And I didn't know it at the time, but it was a minimum viable product. And I learned a lot from that experience and the questions that people had, the frustrations that people had about that product, which also frustrated me. I turned around and I said, okay, well, this is my content. This is what people need to know. Um, obviously one practice transcript is not enough. And so I expanded that to six and then it became 12 and then it became 20 and then now it's 50. Wow. And so we just, um, increased the, the content based on the questions that people had. And I just poured myself into just expanding the course. Um, I actually stopped selling the ebook probably about a month after I, I launched it because I was like, I'm going to make this into a course, which my husband brought that idea to my, in my head too. He had a friend who was like, Oh, I, I made this course on Udemy and I made $3,500. I'm like, what? That's how much I made last month. And, and I proofread all month to make that money. How cool would it be if I could sell a course and make that much right, every month? Right, right. So I was like, well, I'll look into it. And I didn't end up selling at a place like Udemy because I couldn't make it 60% video, which is one of their requirements. But mm. I, I built it um, on my own site using plugins and different software and stuff. And yeah, I, I did it. I launched it on February 15th of 2015. So it's been about a year and almost a year and a half now. And right. it, and my life has changed forever. Um, it's been amazing. <laughs> so what was, what, let, back up and tell us what it was like when you first sold, like you, you sold your first course. Because that must have um, been pretty amazing, right? Uh, do you mean the first ebook or the first course? No, the like, course. Because the, the ebook, you already, you already said it was like cringeworthy. Crap, so. yeah. But I was <laughs> excited. Were shocked. Yeah, yeah, you, I was you were just shocked. Yeah. You were shocked and excited. You were like, oh yeah. my God, even though it's crap, people still bought it. So that was exciting, right? Yeah. And the funny part is. I didn't know it was like, crap to begin with. I didn't with. know it was crap. Yeah, right. I didn't know. So when I, we actually launched, we did like an official launch where we had like a sequence of three emails and it wasn't anything fancy, but we had a list of about 220 people that we launched to and we sold, I think 19, um, courses and the price was at $266 with like a 30% discount from the full price of $380, I think was at the time. And that was our launch week. So we made about $4,000 our first week and then we didn't have any sales for about 10 days. And I was super excited about the $4,000, but in the back of my mind, because that's how much I made an average month, I was like, what? I just made this from selling this course. And, but in the back of my mind, I'm like, especially when there was 10 days that went by where nothing happened, I was like, well, that's it. You know, we found the people that are going to buy this and, and that's pretty much all that's going to happen. So basically I was just, you had to launch every, every month. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> at least, you, you know, I was like, I get well, at least that many people to buy and then right. I would be able to proofreading, but uh, it, it, it exponentially grew is what happened. Okay. And so that was our, our lowest sales month ever was like $4,000. But then the next month was 11000 and then it went up from there. And by June, we had hit $106,000 um, because we decided to raise our price. Um, mm. We raised our price from – actually, we raised it twice within like a month because I changed my mind. I was like, all right, we're going to – we raised the price by like $83, but then I'm like, I'm going to double the content. You know, I'm going to add like double the practice transcripts. I'm not really going to like kick this in high gear and make this, you know, raise the bar on this course because I don't want it to be cheap and easy. I want it to be difficult and rewarding for people that are right. willing to put in time to learn it. So they get a job and when they're done. So they can actually get a job when they're done, exactly. Right. And so I raised the price. I decided to double it to $900 enrollment. And then the price that it's, that it's at now is $900 for it's a very rigorous course. Not everyone makes it through. Um, but wow. because I gave I gave everybody a chance that was on my mailing list. I want to say we had like 4,000 people at the time, mm-hmm. maybe 5,000. I'm not sure. But I gave everybody a chance. Like I'm, I told them I'm going to double the price. 
um, at the end of this month. And if you want to get in on um, at current price, you know, yeah. at the current price, you know, get in now. And so we people did, and so we made one hundred six thousand dollars that month wow. um, by wow. get, by giving that opportunity. Wow. And yeah, but that wasn't our first. Uh, wasn't our last. It was our first, but it wasn't our last hundred thousand dollar month. We've had um, we've had three hundred thousand dollar months this year so far. So it's been it's been good. Sales were slow after we doubled the price. I was worried about that too. I was like, oh my god, we're gonna double the price, and then nobody's gonna buy. Well, sales dropped, but it was still thirty one thousand the month after we raised the price. And I'm like, whew. Well, people are still gonna buy even though we raised the price. Um, right. That's gonna make we you just freak got, out, right? Yeah. Yeah, it did make me really nervous. But I mean, people <laughs> that bought last year, they one of them just told me, just like I went through the course, um, even though I bought it last summer and I went through it from, from scratch and it's so much better than last year. I thought it was a great course then, but it's over the top in value now. Thank you so much. And so I know what I'm doing is it's worth the money and it's actually worth more than what I asked for it now, but we haven't, we haven't raised the price and we probably won't for some time yet. So are you, uh, as you go through now, uh, are you just like tweaking it or are you like, are you like revising it on a regular schedule or is it pretty much done? Um, yes, we are. So if we've, we have some questions come in and a lot of people ask the same questions like, all right, we need to add this FAQ. into the content. Right, right, right. Yeah. yeah. And then we also enabled comments on the lessons within the course. And so people can actually read the comments and there's, it's kind of a way to add to the content when we answer questions that people right. actually ask. Sure. So it's, a way for us to not necessarily have to edit the content but see that questions are being asked and answered and so people um you know can get the benefit of, of feeling like they're in more of a classroom environment even though even though they're online so are you doing like a community thing too where they can get together and chat and ask questions like in a facebook page or something yeah yeah, yeah. we actually have the most ridiculously active facebook group you have ever seen we probably got about 1300 members in our facebook group and yeah. it is I can't post anything because I can't find it because there's so many other <laughs> posts on top of it. I have to like search for it every time, but it's just so yeah. active. People get in there and they ask questions about the content or they ask questions about, you know, how do you do this with your iPad or, you know, um, how long did it take you to finish the course? And people post pictures of their cats or their kids. Like it's just a really a great community. I've never seen anything like it. And right. when I first started it, I was like, Oh man, like I thought I was going to be the one in there having to answer questions. But what's happened is like, there's so many students in there that are just really grateful for the opportunity that they're happy to kind of pay it forward. And so usually what happens is a student will ask a question and within seconds, somebody else has already answered it for me. So mm. I have like, a bunch of you know unpaid employees, but that they're just so helpful and just loving to their fellow proofreaders. I just love it. <laughs> I'm really grateful for them, and they do you know some marketing because we sell right. the course in pieces. We actually used to sell the course all at once, so we actually don't ask for $900 at once. We actually request everyone buy only the first two modules first, just and to get a taste. Yeah, just to get a taste, and then they can apply that to the higher levels if they want to move on. But we don't ask them to um, pay for the whole thing at once anymore just because we're having too many people spend $900 in a course where they were just not a good fit for it. Yeah, and then you have to deal we don't, with the return. We don't do, and, yeah. Well, we don't do refunds, but mm -hmm. we, we didn't want to deal with people who were obviously not qualified to be proofreaders, um, right. but paid all this money. And so they're like forcing themselves to finish the course, even though they should have given up a long time ago, but uh -huh. they want to get their money's worth because they right, can't right. get a return. Yeah. So we it's just like, like a qualifying thing. Yes. Yes. Disqualifying. Really. You're like, we make them well, take a test. Yeah. That's, that's what, you know, 
it goes both yeah. ways, but really you want to qualify people, but at the same time you are disqualifying as well. Exactly. <laughs> you can take a test and right. you have to get an 80% of the test. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. But that's smart. So. That is smart. So that you must've learned that as you went. That, oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And people like it because, you know, uh, some people have commented, they're like, wow, you know, if this were a scam, like there's a lot of scams out there. And so people are like, well, if this was a scam, you wouldn't be asking for only part of the money and you would, you would be trying to get the whole shebang. Like you wouldn't be giving me an easy out like this, you know, right. if I, I don't have to commit to the whole thing to just try it out. And they really like that. So it's trust building and it saves us time because we really don't want, you know, just anybody enrolling in the course. You know, there's tons of people out there who get really excited at the prospect of, you know, this working for, for them, but they, they get more excited. And they're, they're, unfortunately there are some desperate people out there that are just like, I'll try anything. And so they'll pay $900 and they're not really thinking they're just like wrapped up in the moment or they saw, you know, one of our testimonials and they're like, that's me. I want to do it. You know, and they pay $900 and they get like a 40 on the test and they're just like, uh, so we just took away that option completely. We want everybody to be absolutely right. sure. And it's just not about, it's not all about money for us. No, that's great. So let's talk a little bit about how, um, while we're talking business D stuff, I, I know that you, um, you had some success with uh, affiliate marketing. So, yeah. so w at what point, um, was it right at the beginning? Did you start reaching out to other bloggers? Yeah. Right after, right after launch, mm -hmm. we, we started to, it was not even something that I did purposely. I was like, I wonder if these bloggers would promote for me. Like, I didn't even know affiliate marketing was a thing at oh, okay. all. Like, you I kind of did. <laughs> kind of stepped into was, it and went, oh, that's cool. Yeah, I yeah, kind of yeah. did. I'm like, well, this might work, you know, because I Googled um, proofreading and a work-at-home blog popped up. And I'm like, oh, first I was jealous. I'm like, why is she coming up on the first page? Not me. You know, I was brand, <laughs> I was brand new. But then well, I like – Someday you to, will. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And well, yeah, someday I will. And then I went to her advertising page and like, well, I might as well just email her and, you know, see what kind of stuff she does. And I asked her if she wanted to do an interview with me. And then I would give her $75 if, you know, one of her leads converted, which is not the language I used back then, but she said, sure, you know, and so we put together an interview together. So and have you ever calculated what rate that is percentage wise? It ended up being about 16%. And so that's what we're at now. That's it was $75. Good. Yeah, $75 for like a $380 product. And, and they don't have to figure... really do anything other than put a little blurb or yeah. a piece of uh, like a widget on their webpage, right? Pretty and much, yeah. And send post. it to their list. Yeah, send yeah. it to their list. Okay. I pretty much do all the work for them and then they get money for it if their leads are good, you know, right. so it, it works out great for, for everybody. That's a so win -win. We, yeah. Yeah. And my first affiliate made the first sale within like a week of signing up with us and she's our my best affiliate so far and we've expanded um, I'm pretty picky with affiliates. Like I, I want them to have a certain ranking on Alexa. I want, I don't want just anybody to be affiliate. I don't actually allow my students to be affiliates until they actually have blogs that they have a certain amount of traffic and they're not just putting a link on their proofreading website because right. they want to get, they want to get money because I don't want to turn all my students into salespeople. That's not very authentic or, and that's not really a good sign of, you know, integrity. So I don't want right. to compromise I don't want to compromise my integrity or, you know, the reputation of my course because I turn all my students into salespeople. And so if they've got a blog, great. Um, one of my students is a mom blogger mm -hmm. and she's actually got a following. And so I let her be an affiliate because she actually has a blog and she can write a review, but I don't want to just give 
all of my yeah. students in affiliate code and then I'm paying them, it, you know. It's it so. a little watered down too, right? Exactly, exactly. Right. Yeah. And it, yeah, exactly. and you start feeling a little icky, like it's all about the money at that point. Exactly. And they're already if they like the course and they're and they're telling their friends about it, that's you know, that's money in your pocket right there. You, right. You're doing your job, they're getting what they want and they're going to go and advocate. So yeah, you know, I'm, if they end I'm up not having, asking them for commission right, for the money right. they make because of my course. You know, they right. don't have to give me five percent of their earnings. So right, right. You know, they should want to do something nice for me because I did something nice for them. Plus, you know, it's a one-time buy-in, and so they get like lifetime membership to our group. They get lifetime membership to all the course updates. It's As, like you get right, right. continuing education for free, and they don't have to pay for it. So I'm not about to volunteer to pay them for referring their friends to me. I'm just not going to do it. So how many people are actually proofreading now? Um, so that's a good question. I got a, less than 200 a moving target. I know. Yeah, it is a moving target. So because it's hard work. And so I mentioned um, just a few minutes ago that not everybody makes it through. So we've had probably almost 2,000 people sign up for the course in one uh, fashion or another, whether it's just the first two modules mm -hmm. or whatnot. We've had about, I guess, 1,800 to 2,000 students of, of some kind, and we've had about 200 graduates. So um, I don't like to call that my success rate because there's still a lot of students that they take a lot longer to finish the course than others. So just sure. because they're not done yet doesn't mean they're failures. You know, they're just right. working on the course. So, right, right. and they I'm might sure they decide, have jobs, you know, in lives, yeah. probably and kids. Mom, and, yeah. yeah, exactly. So that's exactly what's going on. So I don't, people ask me sometimes, you know, what the success rate is and I'm like, stop it. You know, don't compare yourself to like, don't look for a number and judge your own potential for success based on, you know, success of others. If you want to do this, then you're the only one who can make it happen. You know, we can right. obviously, obviously my program works, but it only works if you work. And so you got to judge your own potential for success, not, you know, make a guess based on, you know, this, yeah, that that question always bothers me. I'm like, you can't judge your own potential for success just by and asking. The thing is, is, is doing this thing that you are doing is really, really hard. Yes. <laughs> and, and I, you know, and you know, but um, the people that make it and succeed and make money and you know move to Uruguay for a year <laughs> or you know travel South America, I found, and you can, you know, I already know you know the answer, but. Um, more often than not, it's not a, a single person doing it. Um, it's either, it's a couple and they're both a hundred percent bought, bought in to the whole idea of doing this thing. Yep. You know what I'm talking about? Yep. Like, yeah. It's almost like it really works better in pairs. <laughs> yeah, it really does. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So the example that I use is my wife is hugely supportive of everything I try and do. She just in her heart doesn't believe in that it ever will work. So she always is just, her attitude is, yeah, that sounds great, honey. I can't wait until you just knock it off and get a job. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Right. So at, at, I just let her win. I was like, okay, fine. I'll just go get a job, you know, because mm -hmm. I thought, okay, if I'm going to make this work, uh, I would probably have to get a divorce and I don't want to do that. So I'll just get a job. <laughs> 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 so, you know, it's not easy. And it, I, I think if I asked you, how many times would you quit if it wasn't for your husband, you'd probably say you would have never started in the first place. Oh, yeah, definitely. And 
yeah, I actually have to give him credit because he was the one who kind of poked me and said, you can do this. And when I said, well, that's it, you know, our first, you know, $4,000, that's probably all we're going to make at this, you know, and I had so many doubts and limiting beliefs along the way. And he was just like, you can't think like that. You know, if you think like that, that's just what's going to happen. But you, it's all up to you. You take the action and you, you will figure it out. And so I took the action. And that's what happened. Um, so, yeah, I can't imagine that if he had, if he just kind of like turned his nose up or said, well, he, you know, yeah, okay, said, whatever. Oh, finally, now go get a job. Then you would have probably done that. Yeah, probably. Because you were yeah, in a real which, shitty place. It is, you're so vulnerable. It's like getting yeah. kicked in the nuts, pardon my French, like repeatedly. <laughs> yeah, he was, he was so nice about it. I was right. like, because we had just gotten married and I thought he was going to be mad at me. Um, I mean, I think he kind of already knew when I was telling him, like, yeah, I looked at this at work today and I was doing some stuff at work and, you know, he, he, you know, he didn't judge me for it at all. And, but I looked at him when probably in the week that after it happened, I said, you know, what if they're right? What if I am a piece of trash? What if I really don't have any morals? He's like, what if I do have a big butt? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. What if I do have a big butt? And he's like, that's just, it's only true if you make it true. And what those people say are, are not the truth. And he was just so, so nice about it. And he's always been like way more positive thinker than I am, but he's rubbing off on me (laughs) a lot. That's great. So, yeah, you know, if I think if it if this thing ever actually panned out for me, uh, and I don't ever have to have a job again, which I kind of don't, but I do just to keep her happy, um, it would have to come from a, a situation where she finds herself doing what you what happened to you. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? If all of a sudden yeah. she was making side money and in surprising ways and I'm there supporting her and enabling it, then it'll happen. It's not yeah. going to go the other way. <laughs> yeah. Maybe it'll happen. Maybe you know, it'll happen. No, I'm not saying never, you never say never, but in my experience thus far. Um, yeah. Cause I need, I need somebody there going, you can do it, not get a job <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's rough. Okay. So let's talk a little bit about um, the work anywhere life gig that your husband's got going on yeah so the interesting thing is uh, before we started proofread anywhere the reason why we kind of started and he kind of pushed me to do it was because people were always asking him at work and stuff and asking me you know what do you do and then when I would tell them or when he would tell them at work they'd be like well I want to do that you know can she teach me can you teach me and and I would teach people kind of on the side and so that's kind of where the idea for it came it validated itself and whatnot and so we, we did it but then after we had seen so much success with Proofread Anywhere and starting this course and marketing it the way we did and growing it so quickly I mean we were at six figures within three months of our launch of the course and that was kind of a big deal and that's a huge um, deal yeah, and so people were in the entrepreneurship community kind of getting he- turning their heads towards us and like, what are you doing that we're not? You know, we want to do this too. And so um, instead of, you know, dragging our feet, we put together a second course and it's called Monetize Your Genius. And okay. it's currently under construction because we've learned a lot since we originally wrote the content and created the content for it. So we're actually expanding it and um, revising it and we're going to relaunch it later this year. But um, it's... It's a work in progress for sure, and we were writing about Pinterest because I market on Pinterest now. But Pinterest just did something where, like, traffic for everybody in my in my blogging community, they 
everything just dropped like by 60% and we're like, what happened? You know, we're doing all the right things. And then all of a sudden, you know, the wow. algorithm can change or the app can change and yeah. you know, everything oh, can kind of go away. So yeah. So <laughs> oh, we don't man. know what we're going to do. We don't know what we're going to do with that module yet, but you know, we're, wow. we're working on content we had a full content four courses of content, um, last summer, but we're revising that we beta tested it for about eight months. And so we're working on that, but it's basically just our entire method for how we build our, built our platform, how we marketed our platform, how we launch, how we, you know, what plugins we use and how to set it all up and how to write, you know, good content, how to create sales funnels, how to um, create a community, how to manage the business, what kind of software you can use to manage your projects and get things done. Um, you know, using Pinterest and all that stuff. So and we're doing Facebook ads now. So we're going to be expanding and talking about that and just kind of the whole how we run this type of business. And we're going to put our own spin on it. And, you know, there's other courses out there to teach you how to build a course. But you've got um, a track record. <laughs> yeah, I've got probably one of the better track records out there. So right. and, you know, it didn't stop with Proofread Anywhere. You know, we got Transcribe Anywhere. That's actually something I'm working on with with a friend of mine that I met when I started dabbling in affiliate marketing on my own site, I was like, Oh, you know, people ask me about transcription. I'm going to look into a course I can recommend. And I found my friend Janet and she had her own transcription business and she's had it for about 10 years and she had a course, but it was just kind of a digital download on some kind of ClickBank thing. It wasn't ClickBank, but something similar. And, um, I was like, Oh, okay, I'll I'll uh, promote your course. And I was making some affiliate income on it. And then, an idea hit me. It was like last September, October, some about like that. And it hit me in the middle of the night. I was like, you know what? You know, what if I remade, kind of gave her course a makeover and did the same thing with her course as I did with Proofread Anywhere? Right. And we launched that. We So she said yes. And I asked, you know, to share revenue with her. And she said yes, you know, gleefully. She was like, I've been waiting for something like this to happen because I just don't know how to do all that stuff. I know I need to do right, it. Right, right. But I don't have the time. And so I basically said, you know, I'll take over the marketing and then you can, you know, be the teacher or whatever. And so we basically split, split things down the middle. Nice. In terms of our roles. And yeah. we launched January and we're at like $85,000 in revenue, which it's a lot slower growing than Proofread Anywhere. But um, it's definitely, you know, rocking her world. It's a lot more money than she's ever made before as, you know, selling her course. And we kind of talk it up to, you know, there's already a lot of stuff out there about transcription and right. it's been yeah, around there's for a, a There's a very, and the, it's always already at the race to the bottom kind of feature, I think. Yeah. 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 But so, still, but, even though, um, saturated or not, you can always make something better, you know? Oh Yeah. Right. And that's exactly what Transcribe Anywhere is. It's definitely the best course out there. It's not just a $99 digital download, which is, you know, other courses that I've seen for transcription. That's all they are. It's like a $30 product, an ebook for like $3 on Amazon or something, but they don't give you what we give you. And so we actually right. made very affordable training for people to uh, learn transcription, general and legal transcription. So we have two courses and yeah, we launched Legal Transcription a few weeks ago, and we had about $23,000 launch period, which blew, it was like a week, and we made $23,000 in a week, so that was, that's a pretty big deal. And, and you can do it anywhere. <laughs> and you can transcribe anywhere, that's exactly. That's the key. <laughs> <laughs> yep. It's fabulous. Yes. Okay, this has been a blast. This is a lot of fun. And, uh, and you're in Uruguay, so that's awesome. Are you on the beach? 
no, we're actually close to the beach, though. We can walk there. It's cold here. So even if we could, right, you know. Right. It's, it's winter, breathing. right? Because you're in yes. the southern hemisphere, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Bummer for you. Uh, you know what? I wouldn't mind it because it, yesterday it was over 100 degrees here in Los Angeles. Oh, my goodness. Are you serious? Wow. I know. I, and, uh, it was so hot. Yeah. Anyway, I, I survived. I didn't melt. Uh, okay. So, uh, wow. We, we're, I, let's wrap up. I'm going to say them all over again. Proofreadanywhere.com, right? Mm-hmm. And then the workanywherelife.com. And then does Transcribe Anywhere, does that have its own website? Yeah, transcribeanywhere.com. <laughs> Go figure, right? <laughs> Go figure. This has been a blast, Caitlin Pyle. Am I saying your name right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's just like Gomer Pyle, right? Yes. <laughs> you remember Gomer Pyle? You don't. No. I no. remember my dad and mom talking about it. I think they watched reruns from time to time when I was growing up. But <laughs> Yeah, it was a stupid show. <laughs> that's what I, I heard. Yeah, the only thing I remember is uh, Jim Neighbor saying golly. Golly! something like that yes (laughs) okay good all right well thank you so much and uh and let's do this again sometime soon yeah thanks so much jeff i really enjoyed talking to you all right have a good one you too thanks for taking the time to ride along with us on another episode of vroom vroom veer for podcast info and show notes be sure to head over to vvveer.com that's triple v double e r.com man that's fun to say and we'll catch up with you next time here on vroom vroom veer